we're real privileged uh, to have in this church a counselling service that helps people day in, day out in this, uh, in this community here. If, and if you didn't know that or if you've never uh, been up here perhaps on a weekday because uh, you're working or whatever that is, there, are, there is a constant stream of people that come in and out of our office. They're not, um, mostly, they're not church, church folk. They're just people around us that live in this area or a little bit further out perhaps who are struggling with aspects of life or family issues or whatever it is. And this church provides amazing support, um, you know, emotional and um, psychological and spiritual support for all those people. And it's been a privilege to have Chris Russell head up that ministry now for quite a few years. And she does a brilliant job. Okay, you need to hear that. She is well-respected across the counselling community and within our own neighbourhood here. And so it's a privilege for us to have her. And this morning, she's going to come and bring the message for us. That's exciting too. So make her feel welcome. And before I sit down, I want to pray one more time. Is that okay? Let me have a look. Now oh, you are. Now I'm on. So we probably heard you singing the whole way through. Oh, no. no, 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 you didn't. We didn't. It's okay. Lord, um, for this moment, we know that you brought uh, Chris to the pulpit. And uh, we ask that you now anoint this message. And, uh, and Lord, that you would just be speaking through Chris today. Would you bless her in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Nathan. <clears throat> Sorry, I am just a little bit croaky. So I'll just have another quick sip before I start. Thank you. Thanks, Nathan. I actually started talking to Nathan about um, some insights I was getting from David probably, it might almost be 12 months ago. I feel like I've been living this story for such a long time and just looking into it and continually reading it and God's been bringing me back to David, back to David and back to the start of David's life. And so when we looked at doing, or when Nathan looked at doing this series, I thought, oh, okay, I can explore more of David's life other than just that, that initial story we all know of David and Goliath. But God kept bringing me back to that, back to the beginning. And I felt God saying there's foundational things in this story that are really important. And then this morning, I'm like, okay, God, is there something for the church? And it's interesting you're talking about the youth, because I believe this is for the youth, and you guys said it, the youth is the next generation coming through. And so I think there's elements in this story that are particularly pertaining to young people, to this generation, because as an older generation, we need to be encouraging our young people, because I think they're going to bring some breakthrough for us. David was only 15 when he was anointed by Samuel, 17 when he wandered into the, well, he didn't wander into the camp, he was sent to the camp by his dad. So he was a young person. He was a young person who knew how to worship. We know that David was a worshipper. He played an instrument. And we know he wasn't just a worshipper. He actually, his worship took him into the courts of the king because his worship soothed Saul when he was feeling tormented. So we know that worship was incredibly important to David. It was foundational to David. And we know that he wrote this, a number of the Psalms. Over 70 of the Psalms were written by David. So his worship wasn't just contained to his days as a shepherd. His worship was something he did his whole life. 
And I believe worship is going to be powerful in, the, in this coming season with young people. And maybe as the older generation, we, it's important for us to embrace that. And um, in, in looking at this story and just being still to hear what God wants to say, to me personally, as well as to you as a church, one of the things God said to me initially was, you, you read like you listen. And I went, oh, which doesn't sound real good when you're a counsellor, because as counsellors, we're supposed to be really good listeners. But probably sometimes with my husband, <laughs> I may not always listen as well as I should. But you know, sometimes when we look at scripture, and we look at these familiar stories, and you would say David and Goliath is a pretty familiar story. Um, for those of you who were raised in church, I mean, David and Goliath is a story you heard about from the time you are in... in um, Sunday school, sorry. <laughs> so you're familiar with it. So it's easy sometimes when we read scripture, it's easy to skip over things and go, oh yeah, I know that part. So when you're reading scripture, I want you to try and think of that phrase. Are you reading like you listen? In other words, are you skimming? Or are you not really stopping long enough to really hear what God's wanting to say to you? Or you're making assumptions about the story. So when I go back and I look over David, one of the things that struck me was that David was too young to go to war. So he was looking after the sheep, that was what he did. But his dad wanted to hear what was going on, because David had three older brothers that were at the war. And so Jesse wanted to know how they were going. So he calls David in from um, being with the sheep and he says, David, I want you to take some supplies to your brothers and I want you to bring back a report of how they're doing. Now sometimes, and especially this could be for young people, you know, David wasn't old enough to actually enlist in the army. Doesn't mean he didn't have a warrior heart or it didn't mean he didn't have the skills to help. But he wasn't trained at that point as a, with the army to go and fight. However, God got him to the very place he needed him to be in a, a less conventional manner. Does that make sense? So it was his father who sent him. David just didn't go, oh, you know what, I think I'll just leave the sheep here today and I want to go and check out what's happening on the front lines. And I want to go and see what's happening to those older brothers of mine. Uh -uh. I believe David knew there were, there were processes to follow and he understood authority. But when his father called him, he went according to what his father had asked him to do. He was following his father's instructions. And that's important to remember because when David goes and, and is doing what his father is instructing him to do, his older brother, and remembering that just prior, two years prior to this, Samuel had come and anointed David for, to be king. So he'd overlooked the other eight brothers and anointed David. So the three older brothers are at, at um, war. Now the army had been there, we're told, for 40 days and 40 nights. And we're told that Goliath is coming out day after day after day. And Goliath, you know, taunting them, threatening them, challenging them. So I suspect that the army was, was getting tired, and Saul was getting tired, 
it says that on hearing the Philistines' words, Saul and all the Israelites were dismayed and terrified. And, you know, when we're dismayed and terrified, what can happen is, is our creative thinking shuts down, our problem-solving ability shuts down, and we can just get stuck in the moment. And so we can have this, you know, problem or this giant looking at us, and we're not sure what to do. So you've got this vast army. I understand, I can understand from Saul's perspective what it might have been like. He has the nation riding on his shoulders. If they don't win this battle, then the, the Israelites have to serve the, the Philistines. So it's pretty, pretty major stuff. So along comes David. It says early in the morning, David left the flock in the care of a shepherd and set out as Jesse had directed him. So another important point. David didn't run off on his own. He took responsibility for what he was already looking after. The sheep were important, so he left them in the care of someone else. So be mindful. If you feel like God is really calling you to step out, if he's leading you, don't neglect other responsibilities that you've had or you've been looking after. So we know that David goes, we know that he goes into the camp, he finds his brothers, he's hearing what's going on, he's hearing Goliath um, taunting the Israelites and something within him rises up. And he wants to, he goes into problem-solving mode. He wants to see this, this situation solved. And so we see this exchange between David and his older brother. And his, his older brother, it says, burned with anger at him and asked, why have you come down here? And with whom did you leave those few sheep in the wilderness? I know how conceited you are. Ooh. And how wicked your heart is. You came down only to watch the battle. Interesting, isn't it? I don't think he had a very good attitude. <laughs> no. And you know, a lot of times we can come up against that opposition, can't we? And the thing to remember is, I don't think any hero of the Bible went through life without opposition. And David went through life with a lot of opposition from family, from Saul, from his wife. Um, he, he wasn't without opposition. He hid in caves. So he says, whom, whom did you leave those few sheep with? So the older brother is trying to minimise David's responsibility as a shepherd, make him feel small, make him feel insignificant. But I love David's response. David initially says to him, now what have I done? Can I not even talk? And what David, you see David doing, it says, he turned away. David did not waste energy engaging with someone who couldn't help him. Don't engage in battles that aren't going to go anywhere. Use your energy to get to the right person who can help you get the results you want. Does that make sense? He didn't get distracted by his brother's comments, but he stayed focused. 
And as I've got here, don't debate things with people who aren't in a position to help you. And we can get caught up in that. You know, someone might challenge us about something, and we can spend time trying to justify or clarify our position, and really it doesn't get us far. Find someone who can help you in that situation. So he remained committed, he remained focused. So David turns away, he continues to ask questions. Um, what will be done for the person who can defeat this, this giant? The other thing I just want to mention too, that when I was reading this, that I felt God say, be careful. You know, when sometimes when we're, we're talking to people, we can, like David's older brother, we can come up with assumptions about someone else. But be careful who you're criticising, because the very person you're criticising might hold the problem, the answer to your problem. You know, David's older brother who was criticising him, trying to put him down, I don't know if he realised that David had the answer to that situation. So as we know, David gets, keeps talking, news gets back to Saul. Um, Saul sends for David, and then we see this exchange between Saul and David. And Saul is um, talking to David about it. And David's saying to Saul, I can do this. You know, David's remembering back to the time when he defeated the lion and the bear. And for him, this Goliath is no different. David's relying on the things that he learnt as a shepherd. David knew himself. He knew his strengths. He knew what he was good at. And he relied on God. So he co-laboured with God. So what we hear him say is that he, went, he, he says to Saul, when a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it and I struck it down. And when it talks about David approaching um, Goliath, the same thing, it says he went to him. He didn't hold back. David was not afraid to confront the problem. The army sort of was frozen with fear. You know, it says they were terrified. David comes in with fresh eyes and says, we can do this. God's on our side. So he says, I went after it, meaning the lion and the bear. I struck it down and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, he says, I seized it by the hair, struck it and killed it. And originally I was going to say, oh, you know, David's like the rest of us. <laughs> he was a normal bloke. Oh, and then I thought, oh, I don't know. I don't, I don't really remember, um, you know, having to wrestle a lion and a bear and strike it down. So... Perhaps David was always, was always, as a young person, just had courage and tenacity and determination. Perhaps it was just inbuilt in his nature. But it doesn't mean we can't develop those things. And it doesn't mean that through life's stories, the things we experience, that's how we develop those things, the tenacity and the determination and the grit to keep going. So... I've just got here that heroes of the faith are proactive. They seize the moment and address the issue. 
And sometimes I think that's what God calls us to do. You know, we sometimes will sit back and we'll wait. But there are times when I believe God says, address the issue. Don't let fear stop you. So there could be things that you, you know, you're confronting right now. Might be health issues, might be financial issues, might be relationship issues. What I would say is seek God, be wise, spend time with God, find out the strategy that God's got for you and how he wants you to manage that. And don't be afraid to confront it. Does that make sense? In a godly in a godly way, with God's wisdom. So we know that they have this exchange. And then we know from the story that Saul, seeing David and seeing Goliath, who is, I think, 9 foot 9 or 9 foot 10 tall, so he's a, fairly, he's a big giant. I guess that's what giants are, they're big. And we know that David's not... It just says David is ruddy and handsome. So I wonder if Goliath was ugly, big and ugly. Um, <laughs> sort of reminds you of some of your problems, doesn't it? They're actually big and ugly. Um, problems never look nice, do they? They always look big and ugly. So we know then that um, Saul was thinking of David and says, well, David, maybe you better, you better wear my armour so that you can fight this Goliath. Because, you know, Goliath's been a fighting man since his youth and he's got a big spear and sword and do 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 and to David's credit, he tried. He put on Saul's um, armour and tried to walk around, but we know in the story that he says, I can't do this. I can't fight in, in this. This is not me. So what I like is that David actually remained true to himself. Or in today's terms, we might say that David remained authentic. You know, David knew his strengths. He knew what he was good at. He knew he was good at the slingshot. And so that's what he went back to. So he wasn't afraid to say to Saul, Saul, this isn't going to work. Let me do it. Let me do it with, the, with the, the skills that I know I have to do. Trust me. And, you know, sometimes I think the reason I was thinking this is really for young people is that, you know, young people will come along with new ideas or new ways of doing things. And sometimes as older ones, we'll look at it and think, oh, I don't know about that. And we'll want to try and conform them to our way of doing things. And I remember when I was first saved and I'd met Andrew and we were going to the Brethren Church. Now, I was never a conservative person, okay? Let's just get that out there. <laughs> the Brethren um, are. And I don't, you know, I just was, I was trying to fit in. But I wore makeup and I had nail polish and, and you know, I didn't always wear... The, right, the clothes went wrong, but they sort of went right. <laughs> and for a period of time, I thought, oh, to, you know, to be a Christian, I need to sort of look like this. I need to wear skirts and tops and hats. Do you like that look? <laughs> hats. I didn't like wearing hats. I couldn't see the sense in that. That was my little battle I had to win. Um, and sometimes I didn't have the best attitude. However, <laughs> after a while, I realised I couldn't do it that way. Now, it didn't mean I, I didn't um, embrace some of the, the 
theology and their love and their kindness. It wasn't about that. But what I had to learn is I had to learn how to blend who I was with my faith. And I, and I, you know, it was important for me to learn that whether I wear jeans, skirts, dresses, boots, um, hats or not, I can still be authentic in who I am. Does that make sense? There are fundamentals that must remain the same, we know that. But in terms of how I look or how I present, is that's part of who I am. That's me being authentic. And I'm so grateful when I read this story and I thought, yes, David, you went back to what you know, you remained your authentic self, and you killed this giant. You know, he wasn't trying to be something he was, and he wasn't trying to wield this sword that he didn't, wasn't sure how to wield or wear someone else's armour. He stayed true to himself. And, of course, we know the story. He goes out and he picks up five stones. And I always find it's interesting. He took five, but he only used one. And when I was thinking about this, the, the five stones that I thought about, and I know people talk about this in other ways, but when I was looking at it, I got, were the five stones faith, courage, passion, love, and wisdom? Now, David only used one of those stones. Perhaps the stone he used that day was the one labelled courage when he went out to confront Goliath. So what are your stones? What is it you need to confront whatever it is you, you're needing to confront at the moment? For you, it might, might be different, but for you, it might be the same. For you, it might be hope. For you, it might be faith. It might be courage. But find your stones and use them. And each situation might require a different one. And what we know about David as well is that he was patient. David was anointed at 15, killed Goliath around the age of 17, but didn't become king until he was 37, I think it was. So there's quite a big time frame in that. Yes, there were other things that took place in David's life, And there were other things um, that God taught him through that process. And we know that, God, that um, David was not a perfect man. But we know he served a perfect God. And thank goodness David didn't allow his um, flaws or his sin to stop him from serving and, to be, and becoming a great, a great king. He was always known. David is the only one in Scripture that is mentioned as a man after God's own heart. And why is that? Because I believe when David was confronted with um, his sin, he repented. You know, he was open to instruction. 
He wasn't afraid, you know, when Samuel went to him, when Nathan went to him to talk to him about um, what he'd done wrong. We see David repenting. And that didn't mean David um, didn't have to deal with the consequences of his choices then, and he did. But what we see is David repenting. You know, creating me a clean heart, O Lord, and renew a right spirit within me. You know, David listened to those men of God and allowed them to speak into his life. And then he altered his behaviour accordingly. And that's wisdom. You know, it's wisdom to have people around us who we will allow to speak into our life so that if we're doing things... Um, that aren't right, we can turn around and bring our life back on track so we can continue to move forward and grow and learn. We learn from those experiences. David learnt from those experiences and moved on. So in that, I'll just do a quick... Wrap up again. We know that David was a worshipper. We know he was tenacious and determined. We know that he was committed and he followed through. We know that he turned away and didn't waste energy debating with his older brother when it came time to to challenging um, Goliath, talking to Saul. We know that David was proactive. We know that he was patient. And we know that he wasn't a perfect person. So wherever God is leading you, whatever he has anointed you to do, be patient, be proactive, be committed. Know that you're not perfect. Know that it's okay to make mistakes. That's how we learn. That's how we grow. Hmm. So I would just encourage you today, and for any young people who are here, I know sometimes that when you feel the call of God on your life, it can, it can feel so powerful and strong. Or for any, anyone here that's even a new Christian, when you're experiencing God's call on your life, you know, you can just want to get out there and tackle it and you see those situations that you want to um, overcome. But if I can encourage you to be wise and seek, those, seek godly people around you to help you. And for us older ones, let's embrace new ideas that come along. Let's embrace young people who come along with those ideas It may not look as we think it would look, but let us encourage them in that and let us pray with them in that to see where God is taking them. Um, So I'm going to wrap it up. If anyone would like prayer afterwards, if you feel like you're confronting something that is overwhelming at the moment, come, come up for prayer and we'll pray for you.
and we'll see what God will do with that situation. And just know God has anointed all of us to achieve things. And he has a path for us to walk through. But be patient. Trust in God's timing because he will get you where you need to be at the right time. Amen. Amen.